0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to a claw. On this Tuesday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambo. Hi, Gambo. Burns, what's going on? Hey, your old co-host came in here, and he and, did. Yeah, he that. he he. Did. Smells great. I mean, the (laughs) (laughs) room—it's just like he walked in, and there was like, no, seriously, like this whiff of cologne is now Mm. hanging in the air here. Like, Mark, good to see you. I'm not much of a cologne guy, so Ah, neither am I. Yeah, neither am I. No, I mean, it's—it's. I think deodorant. The same. Smell good. What is that? Okay, show of hands real quick on the Burns and Gambo show. Everybody here, are you a cologne guy? Yes or no? Raise hand. Okay, I got two thumbs, I got Jesse and Mitch saying thumbs down. Yeah. Do you, Eric, do you wear cologne every I, day? I have it. Not every day, but my fiance's bought me some cologne, so she's always like, yeah. oh, did you put it on? Wow. Yeah, my wife's bought it for me. Every wife buys hey, it at some point, I, you have every, it. I every, like Jimmy Choo, I just don't ever put yeah, it on. I like it. smelling good, though. It's hey. fine. Well, I mean, I don't I like- I just like not smelling bad. That's the key. Right. I don't need it. to smell good. I That's just need to standard. not smell come bad. No, no, it's it, you know it's the difference between being in your 20s and being in your 50s. I don't care about smelling good. I just don't want to smell bad. I go to the gym every day and then I but I don't want to come in after like you know I got to take a shower and And I'm not Stuff judging like Mark. It was good to see him. I hadn't seen him yeah. in a long time, but uh but it, it just, it just, it's just it's like man. Although I might smell like RC Cola a little bit later. Oh I, yeah. I got the whole package. I don't even know who sent it. Maybe the, the a whole uh, package of bottled RC Cola a couple of weeks ago. you... You would mention on the air about how a RC what? Cola in a plastic bottle is like one of your all-time. It's my favorite Hall of Fame. It's things, my total you know? favorite. RC Cola is my favorite cola. So once and again, I just got a gigantic case of twenty RC Colas, which I'm not sharing with any of you. Don't ask. But I just got a case of them because I can't. Get, I used to get them at Target, <laughs> and the refrigerator at Target. And but for like the last year, I can't get them in the refrigerators at Target anymore. So I just got the. I just got. so I don't know who sent it. Doesn't say who, but I got you're RC Cola me sent that If anybody on the team wanted one of your Two dozen RC cola bottles. You got. You wouldn't share it with any of us. Jeez, I, maybe maybe man. one. You need some spiritual cologne. Maybe, is what you need. <laughs> maybe one. He'll <laughs> pour out into the cap and hand you the cap. Honestly, your 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 spirit needs a little upgrade right now. Jeez, you to right, share with we're really, of really missing out on know. those RC colas <laughs> and plastic bottles. You I'm really just, are. You don't know what you're missing. You guys, you, you don't and know what you're missing. Will. I'm just saying. Don't. I had to just share with you. But two great there's two great pleasures in life when it comes to soda: McDonald's Coca Cola, because nothing's better than that. <laughs> it's different. It's different. They have they put them in like aluminum instead of plastic bags. And RC Cola. I've never thought about the McDonald's Coca-Cola thing, but you're not wrong. Oh, no, it's, it's oh, true. It's, it's true. It's, it's totally true. The Coca-Cola for McDonald's is just better. I don't know what they because do to they, it. They have, they have like a secure deal that was that the Ray Kroc guy, was that the McDonald's guy? Yeah, that, that was that, the McDonald's that, guy, yeah. So the, the Coke doesn't come in like plastic. Wow. It's like in like aluminum. So it tastes better. Wow. It tastes better. I'm it's doing, so, I'm it's, doing a some research on it's not this. a joke. It's a yeah. proven fact. I'm, I'm doing some research yeah. on this because it's not wrong. Coca-Cola, McDo- uh, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, for some reason, is just better. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's weigh in. Top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. The weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Phoenix Suns are not in action until tomorrow night against Oklahoma City, but given, and I, I didn't even say, welcome back, Gambo. Welcome Thank back, you. Gambo. You're off Friday. You were off, off Friday, Monday. I went to Houston for a baseball tournament. The highlight is that we faced the kid throwing 88 miles an hour. Hour, my son broke up the no hitter that we were about to get. We were about to get no hit, but he broke it up with a line single up the middle. Um, which a was, a line was single, his, or was it just like a little? No, it was down a great hit. It was a, a great little, hit. I mean, he squared it up. He squared okay, it up. All right, he squared it up right up the middle. Base hit, broke up the no hitter. Eighty-eight at fourteen. I, I have it on video. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I have it on video. I actually sent it to Labella. I, I, and the radar gun's right in front of me because the perfect game tournaments to have the radar guns. Two words: Tommy John. Eight, these kids are 13 yeah. and 14. Two words, Tommy John. I'll just, show you the video. You're not going to believe it. 87, 88. Every pitch was 87 or 88. Like, oh, my God. We are. How's somebody supposed to I, how somebody I, hit that? At that age? I, I don't know. But, man, it's getting younger and younger. Um, there's still plenty of reaction going on, though, to what happened on Sunday. And I know because the Suns-Mavericks game was so epic. There was so much was. to break down. Booker and Luka and all of that stuff. Um, you, you watched it? You saw it? What I, what were your takeaways from? I commented on one. You, I actually commented on one of you, what are your your Twitter posts about it. I think you and Vance. It was I said, look, the, uh, and I said some people didn't understand. I said, I said schedules matter. Like this is what we talked about. You know, before I went on my little mini vacation, schedules matter. Like that game mattered. The Charlotte game didn't matter. Remember, we said, what do we say about the Charlotte game? It was boring. It was boring. They're not playing anybody. They're playing four kids that are twenty two years old or younger. You play in Dallas. It's a team that beat you in the playoffs last year. They've got maybe the best player in the game right now. In Luca, they've got Kyrie, who's got a championship. Like they, they, coached by Jason Kidd, it's a good team. They're a good basketball team. They were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Now, Obviously, they made some mistakes with some of the moves that they made. You know, they don't have Brunson anymore. They don't have Dinwiddie anymore. Um, you know, they've moved out some guys. The Dorian finney Smith. So it's a different team. But you wait. You were waiting for that. I, we were all waiting. For, now I didn't watch that game until I got home yesterday. We got home yesterday around twelve one o'clock, and one um, of the first. Things I did was I I watched the game. I mm-hmm. just I watched the game, and man, I'll tell you that was like, and I know, I'm sure you talked about this, but the tipping by D A and that three pointer by Ish Wainwright were huge, huge. in the fourth quarter, just huge. huge. So um, As were the Chris Paul three-pointers, the yeah. two that he hit in the fourth quarter, because they Huge. were basically leaving them wide open the whole yeah, time. Ish, ish, Ish knocking down a bunch of threes was great, but I thought D.A. wasn't much of a factor, but the tip-in on the follow-up was a big basket. And then obviously, Luke, uh, how do you shoot 50-40-90 and lose a basketball game? <laughs> Has that ever been done before in the history of the game? Is that, was there any research on I'm that? I'm sure it ha- I, I've not seen any research. There were many people who made an issue after the game that the Mavericks shot 50-40-90, 50% from the floor. 40% from three, 90% from the line, and still lost. They had a huge advantage in three-pointers. They had a huge advantage in free-throw points, and they still lost the game. I, I mean, the, the Mavs did a lot of things that you would want to do against the Suns, starting with 50-40-90, yeah. and they still lost that game. Yeah, it was it, it was a testament to Durant. It was a testament to Devin Booker. And, and of course, this new rivalry. That It's not new, okay? I, I shouldn't say it's a new rivalry. Yeah. But it certainly feels new. Luca, Devin Booker, the way that game ended, man, the NBA is still buzzing about what happened between those two and sure. this kind of rivalry that we have now. Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, Luca was upset because Book... You know, started to say something when the game was over, and Luka was mad. So he was like, "You know, why you wait till the end of the game? When when it, when, it, when it, wait till the end of the game when it's over? I didn't say anything early in the game, so Luka was mad at Book uh, because he didn't say anything all game until they knew they had the game won, and that's when Book said something. And Luka, okay, you're gonna sharp now. Where were you all game? Because Book came out on fire. Like he just came out on fire. You know, I think you know people. I think at some point, if they win a couple more games like this, people are gonna start talking about Are the Suns beatable? Like, are they beatable? in the-? not not in a game, but in a seven game series. Are they beatable? I still think that Milwaukee is a better team. Mm-hmm. I think they match up really well. I think the Clippers can match up really well. I think Denver can, the, the Mavs are not good defensively. They're just not a good defensive team, but it was still, a, it was a schedule that like, when I say schedules matter, you are going to get a lot of intensity in that game. Those two teams are going to fight tooth and nail to the end. And they did it. It made for a great basketball game, an exciting game that the fans were all jacked about. Uh, but there will be teams that they play that are better defensively. Last year, Dallas was great defensively. This year, they sucked. Yeah. You know, so when the Suns play better defensive teams, that's when I think we'll get even more of it. But that was a gauge. Like, that was definitely a gauge yeah, it, watching that game. And you know what? It's something to be considered, too. Um, that Chicago Bulls game, and they're not good, they are good defensively. That's one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And the Suns carved them up like a turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, abs- like, quarters one, three, and four. The Suns outscored them by, like, 40 points combined in those three quarters. Then, good defensively, but not a good team. No, not a good team, so but good def- Like I wanted to see how they did against a good defense. Yeah. That's a good defense. They carved them. Yeah. Carved them. The, other, right? the, the good defenses for the Suns would be the guys with big Tong Law wing defenders. Those teams that are going to get after you, that's going to be the difference. When you're going up against, you know, Kawhi and when you're going up against Paul George and you're going up against some of the bigger, longer wing defenders, that'll be a difference. But it was, uh, man, it was a fascinating, fascinating basketball game. 3 and 0 with Kevin Durant. He hits the big shot. Well, of course he hits the big shot, right? Of course, shot, he, did. Right? Of course he, he did. He hits the big free throws and he, he uh, has this knack of hitting those shots when, when the situation calls for it. I'll tell you about this Luca Devin thing. I, I was thinking, we talked about this a little yesterday when you were gone, and I really believe this now. Just like movies, sometimes the best movies are the ones that have the best bad guys in it, you know? And that's what makes this Luca. Devin thing so cool is that Luca. It's so easy to hate him, and really, it's but Dallas pretty, thinks the same thing about. Uh, Booker. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's so easy to hate Devin Booker. I mean, it really is. If you're a fan of another basketball team, it's really easy to hate Devin Booker because he's he's brash, he's talky, he's showy, he he does all that stuff that you know tends to make him a good villain. You get a rivalry where they've got a good villain and we've got a good villain. That's a hell of a rivalry, yeah. Because they're very easy to dislike. Some of the some of the very best movies have some of the very best bad guys and that's what makes Luca Book so cool. I'll just finish before the break on this. Last year, the Dallas Mavericks trapped Booker almost every single time. They trapped him all the time because they were fine with the, you know, Chris isn't a catch-and-shoot guy. Mikhail's not really a catch-and-shoot guy and Jay misses a lot of shots. So, anytime those guys were on the court and Cam Johnson wasn't, they trapped Book all the time. They didn't trap Book in this game. Can't. You can't because he's Durant. You can't. Like it was so obvious to watch this basketball game and see, oh, well why not? Why aren't they trapping book like they did the entire playoff series last year? It's because of Durant. Yep. You didn't didn't trap him because you're not gonna leave Durant open. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, plenty of mock drafts dropped today. And as the NFL draft approaches, the popular pick for the Cardinals remains very popular. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Let's get to this real quick. Uh, We'll get more into detail a little bit later. Uh, New deal for Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Four years, $160 million. $35 $35 million in incentives. According to reports, he's going to get $82 million over the first two years of the deal, which means the Giants have tagged running back Saquon Barkley. Franchise tag deadline has come and gone. Six players got the tag. The, smart, the, the, the Barkley thing is smart. Pay him for one year without paying him for a long time, because you know these running backs, when they, you know by the time they hit a certain age, they're done. Three running backs got the tag. Three. Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. Barkley I know, although Saquon's only 26, but still. Yeah. Evan Ingram got the tag from the Jags. Uh, Lamar Jackson from the Ravens. That came down about an hour ago. Darren Payne, defensive lineman for the Commanders. Those I, six players got franchise tags. No one gave the tag deadline as passed. We're going to talk, talk about this later, but I am shocked at how the the, the middle tier mediocrity of quarterbacks is getting paid these days. <laughs> of course. Carr, Geno Smith, <laughs> Daniel oh, okay. Jones. Like it's supposed to be the great. Great players get paid and the other ones don't. Like that's it. Like is that that's a good society. The best players in the world get paid 40-50 million dollars a year. And if you're not one of them, you don't get paid that. You make 15 or 20. Like that should be fair. How Daniel Jones gets 40 million dollars a year is beside me. I'm a giant fan. Like I'm a giant fan. Like he's not that good. Like he's really not that good. 40 million dollars a year. What car get? Car got right. uh, thirty million dollars. Right, the Raiders didn't even want him anymore, anymore, and he's yeah. getting thirty million dollars. Gino Smith, seriously? Gino Smith got about twenty million dollars a year. Is, yeah. No, is it only twenty? Well, I thought it was like thirty. Three years, one hundred and five. But if you really look at the detail, he's he's getting like forty or fifty million guaranteed, ah. Like, truly guaranteed. They can move on after that if they want. I That's mean, the same thing with cars. Yeah, too. I mean, you don't even have to teach a kid to strive to be excellent anymore in certain sports. Just, just be just pay, mediocre. mediocre. Just be average. I mean, it'll it'll it's a, remember the one position that always got overpaid our whole lives? Left-handed. Leaf pitchers. Like, those guys could laugh. Randy Choate pitched until he was 57 years old. It was amazing. Sure. You know, that so, like, if you were an average left-handed pitcher, you were going to get paid because there weren't any good ones in the league for so many years. Yeah, no doubt about it. Crazy. We'll have, crazy. We'll have more about that a little bit later, but I just wanted to pass that along because the deadline was at 2 o'clock. They literally just got the Daniel Jones things, do, thing done so that they could tag Saquon by the deadline. That came down just a moment ago. In the meantime, for the Arizona Cardinals, now, it's going to get busy around the NFL. Free agency starts next week. Uh, Players can start signing with teams on Wednesday. Players can start negotiating with teams on Monday of next week. We're still a couple of months away from the draft, a month and a half or so away from the draft, but obviously with the scouting combine, things are starting to gear up, and what you saw was a lot of people come out with their post-combine mock drafts. And not that we expected anything to change, and I'll just tease ahead to a part of the show coming up in a little bit. On some of these mock drafts, it did change for the Cardinals. And we'll get into that a little bit later. We broke it into two sections. But the most common ones are still the most common picks for the Arizona Cardinals and that's Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama, being the pick both in Todd McShay's mock draft and Dane Brugler's mock draft on The Athletic. Those are two of the most popular mockers out there. They still have Will Anderson going to the Cardinals. So McShay's mock draft is interesting. We'll just say, you know, they've got Indianapolis moving up to number one to take Bryce Young. They got Houston taking C.J. Stroud. So two quarterbacks off the board, bang, bang. And here the Cardinals are. They have the choice of either making a trade, um, or... Yeah. Or taking the best player available at whatever position they want, they take the best player available, Will Anderson Jr. says displaying relentless power and explosive first step. Anderson a 34.5 sacks, 184 pressures, three years at Alabama. For context, that's more sacks than one FBS team South Florida had over that time, and more pressures than another, James Madison. Meanwhile, the Cardinals 36 sacks, tied for 23rd, and after already losing JJ Watt, they could also lose Zach Allen in free agency. It says his 40-yard dash was solid, but they were impressed that he worked out at the Combine. I like that line. I, yeah. I, I actually like that thought a lot from Todd McShay. Yeah, it wasn't afraid to work out. Quote: I was just impressed he worked out at the Combine at all. Scouts love when a top prospect comes out and does all the on-field work, even if he has nothing left to prove. And his numbers, I know you weren't here for it, but his numbers last week at the Combine were very solid. His 40-yard yeah, dash yeah. time, his 10-yard splits, all very, very good. Also, his footwork looked good on some of the drills. He didn't have to do any of that, and he still would have probably been the third pick in the draft. He did all that, and that's the kind of stuff that scouts absolutely love. It's interesting because the fourth pick is Anthony Richardson to the Raiders in his mock draft, and I know we'll talk about Anthony Richardson later, and just you know whether that could be a guy that might be able to help the Cardinals out in some ways. But um, and then Jalen Carter to number twelve. Jalen Carter to number 12 to the Houston Texans. There's a free fall right there. But he's, he's got him taking Anderson. You know, we had a, a couple of weeks ago, that was the guy you wanted. You wanted Anderson. If the Cardinals stayed at number three, yep. you wanted them to get Will Anderson. But he's not the only one that has him taking Will Anderson. No, he's not the only one. The, uh, Dame Brugler, as I mentioned, is the other. He did his uh, post combine mock draft. He, too, is projecting a whole bunch of trades in the top five. Well, one in particular. Tell me what he's got. He's got the Bears moving down from one to four. He's got the Colts moving up to one to take... C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State, number one overall. He's got Bryce Young, number two, going to the Houston Texans. He's got the Cardinals at number three, taking Will Anderson and basically everything that McShay said about him, Bruegler says about him, solid pick, can't really go wrong on this one. Carolina at number four, so Chicago moves down twice, but this time they go from one to four the first time, and then they go from four to like seven the next time. Four to nine, I'm sorry, the next time. Anthony Richards going number four. Wow. Anthony, so C.J. Stroud, great combine. Yeah, Richardson. Anthony Richardson, great great combine. And if the Cardinals, look, both of these mocks have the Cardinals staying put at number three. If the Cardinals want to move off a of three, based off of what Richardson and Stroud did at the Combine, the Cardinals will have options to move down. Lots and lots of options. Yeah, I think so, especially with Richardson. Um, you know, it, it, interesting on Bruegel as he says, we don't have a draft history for the Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gadden or general manager Manny Austin They're in their first year in those roles. Based on their previous stops, however, it's a reasonable bet that they will prioritize the pass rush, especially with being such a need on the Cardinals roster. So that's why he says, you know, you look at their history, you look at where they were, you look at what Arizona really needs. So it does make sense to go get Will Anderson. Look, a lot of, you know, a lot of draft inventory used on, you know, first round draft picks on that defensive side of the ball. More recently, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, and could be another one here with Will Anderson. Uh, And and listen, and I'll be happy. Like, I think all of us, Cardinals, number three, Will Anderson, good. If they don't trade and they end up with Will Anderson, and it's, it's going to be hard not to get a good grade. He, he is projected right now, especially with the fall of Carter, to be the consensus best player in the draft that's not a quarterback. hmm like you can't like you walk away with that player you can't listen it's got to be a reward for all that crap we all put up with all year right? it's got to be a big reward for all the crap we put up with in a miserable season the reward is you could end up with Will Anderson yeah this is this one is, is and I'm glad we still have a ways to think about this because in some ways the Cardinals are in this position where they can't lose stay put take Will Anderson you can't lose you're going to get a dominant edge rusher you're going to get a really good guy with a really good motor a guy who just across the boards off the charts in terms of everything but You trade down. You go from three to four, three to seven. You're going to get a package. You're going to get a haul. You're going to get, for example, all right. Let me just tell you, here's what here's what he projects the Bears to get moving down from four to nine. Okay, there's a comp here. He projects the Bears to go down from four to nine to get the ninth pick in the draft, the sixty-first pick in the draft, and a first rounder next year. Give me it again. The ninth pick in this year's draft, the sixty first pick in this year's draft, okay. and a first rounder next two year. Two first and a
1: two Pretty first and second. a late
0: second. Mid to late second, right? It's hard to say no to that too. If you're the Cardinals and you have so many needs, you have the Cardinals and you have so many things you boxes you need to check. Yeah. That's gotta be tempting if you're the Cardinals to look at a package like that and think it's worth passing on a guy like Will Anderson to take that. You package. know, here's the other thing. The signing bonus to move down the sign you know when you start moving down the cap space the signing bonus everything you go look at the difference between the first pick and the seventh pick and how much money's being paid out to those it's a lot of money it's a lot of cap space it's a lot of cash you know now, you're in this position, and you know, but, you know I, I would hope that Michael Bidwell is willing to pay it. I would think that he would be um, to go get a great player like that. But if you go look at the difference between the third pick and the seventh pick or the third pick and the ninth pick, sure, it's drastic the, the difference in cap space that's occupied, in signing bonus that that player gets, and overall money that that player gets. I won't hold you to it right now because so many things can change. Gut feel right now. Stay at three and take Will Anderson or trade out. Which just right now, it's I'm not going to hold you. Stay at to three, it. take Will Anderson. That's, I think that's what they're going to do too. I think that's what they're yeah. going to do too. But uh, it, it's an early, early, early read on the putt. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Neither do you. But right now, today, that's my guess. Here's the thing. I I know you said it. So you can get it wrong if you trade. A oh. third pick, and the potential to draft Anderson to move down and, and get a bunch of... You can get that wrong. The Cardinals are the perfect example of that. Hello, yeah, Terrell, Terrell Suggs. Sucks. Right, yeah. I yeah. mean, oh, of course, it just it feels yeah, Calvin Payson, and Brian Johnson, yeah, right? You can get it wrong. Yeah, you're right. But You can you, get it wrong, but in the moment, it'll be like, oh, man, you need all the picks you can get because right. this team's just so the, bad. The the win is a lot more assured if you just sit there and take Anderson. The chances of you getting it right is a lot higher with it. Now, you're from Monte Austin, but you want to get this right. It's your first one. Yeah. The chances are a lot higher you'll get it right with Anderson than they are of trading down and, and drafting other players. Texas, your thoughts on what the Cardinals could do at number 3, the fan FanDue. <laughs> Dual text line. It's always open for you during the Burns and Gambo show. Text us at 620-620 right now. When we come back, if the answer behind Kyler Murray is not Colt McCoy, then who is the answer? That's next. Burns and Gambo. <laughs> the Burns and Gambo need to know in Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Eric uh, sent us both a text, a link to an article about why McDonald's Coca-Cola is so much better. We also got a I know why. text on the FanDuel text line. No, I know you know why, but it was good to have the confirmation. Yeah, it is, yeah. The Coca-Cola comes, this is from the uh, FanDuel text line, the Coca-Cola comes in a 75-gallon keg, basically, then it's pumped into another container at the store, because it's shipped in the metal, as opposed to different. cardboard or plastic. Just it's different. It's just different. Just like milk and glass tastes better than milk and plastic. Like yes. milk that we used to get, We had, like I, I'm old enough, we had Milkman, and the Milkman would come. So then everybody would joke around, that was your father. You know, that your dad was the milkman. But that's what everybody would say, you. you know. The milkman would come. I, I remember because I used to go get the milk in the morning. He'd come, you get the bottled milk right in the... So you'd have right in front, on your porch, right on your porch, outside your front door. I've seen You'd pictures, have this yes. metal crate... And then, you know, the milkman would come five in the morning, put the milk in there. And then when you get up in the morning, you would take the milk out of the out of the thing. I'm and just, the milk is better. I'm it just better. laughing. You casually dropping in there the jokes about the milkman being your father. Oh, yeah, was I wasn't better. really expecting that. You got me on that one. Uh, Eric Ruby's here with us. No milkman jokes here. Uh, just a Twitter poll question. Unless you want to make some, Eric. Which no, you're I'll save those. I'll store those inside. It. We need to go back to having milkmen. That's right, Gambo. We that's should. another platform for political gambo to get on. Bring the milkman <laughs> yeah. back. Bring the milkman. <laughs> Back, <laughs> what happened to the days with milk? Milk tasted better. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really drink milk anymore. Do you? Because it comes in plastic. Well, no, I just—I I, I, tried to I, just drink more milk. It was in glass. It's, it's just kind of one of those things you drink when you were a kid. I don't—I don't really drink that much milk anymore. I oh, really don't. Do you? Not a whole lot. Uh, okay. Not a whole lot. So bring back the milk. How did you guys anyway. know the poll question? Do you I, uh, drink milk? No. I, at this point, <laughs> given the material we've given you so far in the show, Eric, you could have made a hundred different things the poll question today. So what did you What did you settle on? Well, this is a scenario that we haven't talked about a whole lot since the whole Jalen Carter warrants and arrests happen. But if the Cardinals do trade out of the third overall pick. And later in the first round they're up to pick and Jalen Carter is available. Should they use a later first round pick on Carter? So yes if, or no? If they trade down out of three and he's still there and when he's he picks still there wherever they move down to. Okay, I don't wanna give you a cop out. I really don't. I think it I, I think I need to know more about what happened with him. Fair. Like I said, I told him, I don't want to bury this kid. He said he's innocent. He's going to exonerate himself. I want to give him a fair opportunity to do that. So to sit there and bury him now, no, I wouldn't take him no matter what. Look, he's fallen in his draft, mock draft. Sure. He's fallen, sure. But I do think it's, again, I don't want to give you a cop-out. I... I think it all depends on the information that you're able to gather on him. I think it also depends on where have I fallen to right. in the first round. Are we talking about the fifth pick or are we talking about the ninth pick? Are we talking about the 16th pick? That depends. That matters. If I, if I move down to 15... Yeah, I'm probably, if Jalen Carter's staring at me at 15, I'm probably taking him. You know, I'm just going, you know what, I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll figure it out because that's just value at that point. But if I'm moving down a spot or two, am I doing it? So I'll, I'll answer yes, I would still draft him. But I agree with Gambo. There are other variables to the equation we we'll just kind of have to, to know. Yes, yeah. What's our audience mm-hmm. say? Nuance we can't fit into the poll question. And 63.7% say, hey, at a lower spot, you should draft Carter. Only 36.3% say no. Okay, that's the poll question. There's a couple of them up there, uh, too, if you want to find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it. All right, so we just got done talking about the draft in the last segment. We're going to kind of move it forward and talk about something that is of far more pressing concern to the Arizona Cardinals, and that's free agency. That's because free agency starts next week. Um, Next, if I remember it right, Monday is when legal tampering starts. So you'll you'll get a lot of news fast and furious on Monday, right? Like, players will basically agree to terms with teams on Monday on Wednesday it can become official you can officially sign as a free agent because that's the start of the new year we don't I don't I think I can speak for you on this one neither one of us really expect the Cardinals to be hugely active in the free agent market I certainly don't think they're gonna go for a big splash guy that would be a stupid thing to do how much money did they just free up with these decisions with uh, Robbie Anderson and uh, Robbie's 12 million I do Think Rodney Hudson frees I think he, up like five, not a lot, but I know he redid his contract. Yeah, he redid his contract to kind of help the Cardinals last year. Yeah, knowing that he wasn't going to play this year, it took like a real low salary. If they trade Hop before the start of the new year, I think that frees up another eight million, nine million, give or take. So, I, but I, I don't like you see these big splash free agents. I don't think the Cardinals are going to sign any big splash free agents. I, I, just, I think they're going to sign some guys that could be familiar to both Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. But, but not Big Splash. But, but not, no. Maybe. And maybe they are Big Splash. I just don't see this team being close enough to need to go get Big Splash okay. guys. You know? Unless he's super young. That being said, here's what they do need. They need a quarterback. They do need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, because they've really given no public vote of confidence to, to Colt McCoy. Kyler, is he ready week three, week five, week nine? Who knows? And so everybody now is connecting dots between uh, Petsing. Gannon, the Cardinals, and some of the free agent quarterbacks that would be because out there. there's Some, some familiar names, A- and the f- the most familiar would be Jacoby Brissett because of what happened last year I'm in Cleveland. I do. I mean, I think he's perfect. I don't think he could do any better. He's an ideal backup quarterback. And with Brissett, you know, you can you know, you could have him come in, he could be your starter now, and then, you know, after this year, you're done with Colt McCoy, and then he could be your, he could be your backup for the next few years with Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett does it. You could sign Jacoby Brissett to a longer deal than a one-year deal. You can say, look, you're going to come in, you're going to be a starter this year to start the season, Kyler's not ready, then you'll be the backup, and then you'll, you will you know, you'll be my ba- my primary backup quarterback next year. We're not going to bring Colt back. Colt's going to retire you'll, and, you know, if that's the case, and, and so I think Brissett could, could whoever signs percent. There's a chance you could have him for a few years. He's he's good enough. He's good enough to be a top tier backup quarterback. Yeah, here, here's here's the problem with Kyler's injury mm-hmm. is because we don't know how long it's going to be that he's out. All right, like like if you told me Colt McCoy for three games, I can live with Colt McCoy for three games. Uh, you know, I can live with Colt for four games. You tell me that Kyler Murray is going to be at eight games, nine games. I, I don't, you know, I don't expect the Cardinals to be super competitive this year, but I don't know if Colt McCoy can be your quarterback for eight or nine games. You know, I just I just don't I, think, I don't think so either. I think that's outside of his comfort zone. Totally agree with you. I. Think that's where you need to get a Jacoby Brissett type as insurance. You know, where where you, in case yeah. Kyler's injury is the kind that's going to keep him out nine games, he's a good bridge. He, he's a great and you he's know great what? bridge. Not only is a he great, he's done it before. He just did it a year ago with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He knew that the minute Deshaun Watson was available, Brissett was out. Wasn't he all teary eyed when he, he basically played his last game for Cleveland? Brissett. Yes. He understands. He knows the gig. He gets it. And I also think by getting you got to pay him high end money though. You're not you're not going to be able. To pay him two and a half million dollars a year. Yeah. So a lot of backups you can get for two and a, you're to have to pay you're gonna have to pay him that Probably the six, seven million—you know, five to seven million dollars—just a range, five to seven million. So, do you want to spend your money on that? That's a question you got to ask yourself. Because is, we, we've talked about percent. He's great. He's great. He's great. You got a lot of money invested in Kyler Murray, and you've got a decent amount invested in Colt McCoy. I'm gonna, let me see what Colt McCoy's contract is. He's got one year left, and I don't think it's a lot of money. I don't think. I thought he got a pretty deep. He got two years, seven and a half million so you 're going to have to pay more than three and a half you 're going to pay five million, to seven percent yeah, br- no br- because he is first of all he, he's going to you 're going to say well so, you 're going to start some games for us and number two he 's among the top tier backups he would be considered among those top tier guys and those guys get those guys are getting four five six million dollars now so I would say Brissette would be costly so that 's a fair question like do you want to you know, do you want to spend what cap space you have? On a, on a backup quarterback. I would. I'm all in favor of it. I would I would pay him because I, even though he's been with a bunch of different teams, right, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Browns, he's the Patriots. He, he's a good game manager. Like yeah. he can really, he can manage a game really well. Now, obviously the Petsing connection with Brissett is very clear. It's very obvious because of last year in Cleveland. There are others. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater has been a part-time starter for four of the last five seasons. Petsing was on the offensive staff for the Vikings. Vikings all four years, Bridgewater was there. All right? now, I'm not as excited about Bridgewater as I would be Jacoby Prissett and even no, you. No. Uh, Case Keenum is another guy with some ties to Petsing. Uh, he was 11-3 as a starter for the Vikings in 2017. Petzing was on that staff. He was also the backup for the Browns for two years. Petsing was the tight ends coach there. There's a connection. They know each other. Uh, but there's also stylistically, right? You have to find a quarterback who stylistically kind of and- does some of the same things Kyler does and I know Colt's not that guy but if you're going to be longer term I think you need to find somebody who does some of the things that Kyler does so you're not overhauling a whole bunch when Kyler comes back in the middle of the season whenever that is that to me is a little more brissette than it is Bridgewater that's a little more brissette than it is Case Keenum when you're talking about the styles that match up Yeah, I I just think that out of the three guys you just mentioned, I think Brissett is the big name. Has anybody mentioned Mayfield? No, but there's a connection there too. Yeah, obviously Cleveland when he was there at Baker's. I'm telling you the whole world knows baker mayfield's not a starting quarterback in this league except for baker mayfield is he going to come to grips with that this off season yeah, or is he no. going to try to be a starter I, somewhere i'm sure that there that you know he just needs somebody to believe that he still has the potential and give him a chance to revitalize his his career uh i'm sure a lot of team people think that he's just a you know a guy that's done he's finished lost cause type of guy um i mean look when you start to look at these guys like This will be their fourth team, (laughs) you know? This is going to be his fourth team. Bursette, fourth team. Those guys move around quite a bit. I mean, Mayfield got traded to Carolina. Uh, It was 1-5, and got benched, got released, signed with the Rams, and now he's going to be on a new team, yeah. but I think Mayfield's the same thing. You're going to have, to, you're not going to pay Mayfield two and a half million dollars. He's probably still in that five to seven million dollar range of paying again. Yeah, and that money, that dollar figure that you mentioned, I just looked up Jacoby Brissett's projected salary this year about five and a half million dollars okay. according to track Yeah, I mean, and if he knows he's going to be your starter for six weeks, uh, uh, you know, five to seven's real a real fair estimate. You're going to have to pay him among the top tier backups. The madness tips off next week, and with it comes your chance. To win the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Sand Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center, text box to 62620. Sign up, get your bracket, compete for your shot at over $3,000 worth of prizes. If you register before Sunday, you'll also be entered to win a $200 gift card courtesy of Mavericks and Scottsdale. Again, text the word box to 62620. Could the Pac 12 be saved? Is George Klyovkov the one to save it? (laughs) What's next? Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. back from his mini vacation in Houston watching the kid who throws 88 miles per hour who's not his son. I just showed you the video. Is that crazy? Is that crazy? crazy? Yeah. sort of like 14, 88 miles an hour like consistently. Boom. Boom. Oh, my God. He's going to be hurt before he knows it. He's going to be hurt before he knows it. Um... The Pac-12 drama is, is a big week for the Pac-12, um, and we'll get into ASU and Bracketology in a minute. We, we know the work that they have to do. We kind of know where they stand after losing to the 2-7 California schools. And of course, this week is the Pac-12 tournament up in Las Vegas, and yeah, that's a big deal for ASU to try, to try to squirm their way into the tournament, but it's also a big deal for the conference because a report this morning on ESPN.com from Pete Thamel says that the hope Among the Pac-12 is it this week, George Klyovkov can provide a little clarity, like a little, a little, a hope, like, okay, like uh, like what? Money. Basically, how much per school per year do you think you're going to be able to get us? it, It was nine months ago when he opened up that exclusive 90 day negotiating window with ESPN and Fox for a new deal. That was nine months ago. I know. So that 90 day window, this is 270 days later. He doesn't have a deal. And that's why schools are getting antsy. There's no deal. that's why schools want to know what's what's going on, and when are you going to have a deal, and how much is the deal going to be for? There was all sorts of stuff in this ESPN story that I feel like we have to bring up. But I'm going to start with the two things that caught my attention the most, all right? If something else jumps out to you, please bring it up. Thing number one was the ambiguity of not knowing is leading schools to get very nervous and wondering, should we be looking around? Should we be talking with other conferences? There was a line in the story, quote, it is now an expectation that schools will engage with other conferences, close quote. And then the second one, is that if any teams are going to jump to the Big 12, Pete Thamel says it's Colorado and it's Arizona, it's Arizona. who might uh-huh. jump. It's Arizona because right. Arizona has a property that nobody really else has. They have got a true blue blood basketball program that is one of the best in the country and and if you look at everybody else and what they bring to the table i'm not talking about you know olympic sports and stuff like that and that's where the big 12 could be somewhat interested in the olympic sports but you've got the big 12 which has kansas and baylor and tcu it's a great basketball conference houston coming right you if you're the if you add arizona to the big 12 yes you've just become a monster yes In basketball. Yep. And that's why he writes, Colorado and Arizona are the odds-on candidates to jump first to the Big 12, which remains open for business. After all, there's only so much nobility sticking on a ship that everybody thinks will sink in 60 months. Colorado, because they have the Big 12 roots from having been in the Big 12 before, and a football coach who kind of resonates in the Dallas area in Deion Sanders. He's got kind of a footprint there. And then, for your point, Arizona's basketball first Mindset, the Big 12 is the country's undisputed top league. If you were to add Arizona to that, what a monster. I mean, it's already a monster, but you'd make a monster even bigger and better and stronger with that. Now, last week while you were gone, we talked about this report from Stuart Mandel on The Athletic, in which he reported that the Big 12 thinks if they can just convince two of the four corner schools to go, right, that it's over. That it's over. That that will be the thread. That if you pull on it hard enough, you'll undo the whole sweater. And it seems like Colorado and Arizona have been identified as the two. That if the Big 12 can convince those two schools to go, then the Pac-12 will look around and say, what the hell are we doing this for, right? Like, what What are we fighting the good fight for? The other four corner schools are, of course, Utah and obviously ASU. If Arizona goes, does ASU, are they compelled to stay with their in-state rival and mirror, whatever it is that they do, what the do, hell did I have to gain by staying? Nothing. It's done. Nothing. It's over. That's and that's why the kill Big, or be killed. That's why the Big Twelve might be strategically right. targeting Colorado and Arizona. We can get those two, and if we get those two, the whole thing's gonna fall apart. Yeah, the whole thing's gonna crumble. Yeah, it's it's and and the mistake the Pac-12 made was not pouncing when the Big Twelve was in trouble. When the Big 12 was losing Texas and Oklahoma and, you know, you could have jumped in then. Everybody was panicking in the Big 12 the way the Pac-12 is panicking now. Yeah, but they stabilized. So you know what they realized? Nobody wants any of our other schools. We're good. Nobody wants what we we're good. So they stabilized. They they expanded, and now they're in a strong position. The Pac-12's biggest mistake was not jumping and trying to get a couple of those Big 12 schools when the Big 12 was in trouble by losing their two big brands. Ray Anderson was on Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Marotta a couple of weeks ago, expressing faith in the Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov, to get a rights deal done. Here's what he said: We have confidence that uh, our commissioner uh, and our president and chancellors are going to get to a place where a media rights deal and a grant of rights is done, Uh, and it it may not be the projections originally contemplated, but uh, will be a solid enough financial uh, situation to keep this conference together. How? I we'll mean, see. you're hanging by a thread. We'll see. has got nothing. He's got nothing. I mean, he doesn't have anything. These streaming deals, it's not going to work. I mean, everybody's laying everybody off left and right. You want to go to Apple TV, Amazon Prime? You know, stream, streamers are losing hundreds of million dollars a year. Yeah. They're not going to overpay for the Pac-12. You're not going to get somebody to overpay. And, if you, and even then, I mean, how about the drop in exposure if you're on a streaming network well, and you're not it, on a major TV? You can't just be streaming. And I think everybody knows that. You can't just go to a stream. You'll get. You might get the money, and even then, I don't know if you would get the money. You will not get the exposure that you need as a conference to be able to keep up. And if you do go just streamer, it's a sure bet. The two or three years from now, if you can convince Colorado and Arizona to stay, Oregon and Washington are gone three or four years from now. And that's the other thing that's concerning about Thamel's report is that some of the member schools are pushing for only a three to four year deal for the rights deal, so they can get out of it sooner. So you don't have much. So when you do get out of it in a year, you. Don't have a whole lot to pay. You don't have a whole lot to right because it's like, hey, you know what? Sign the shorter deal. Let's not do six years. Let's not do seven years. Mm -hmm. Let's do like three or four. Let's rent, not buy. So if we want to get out of this, we can, and it's not that big of a deal. I I I have never been less encouraged about the future of the Pac-12 than I have been these last couple of days. I don't don't think I don't think it can survive. I mean, you're just waiting for the, one more domino falls and the whole thing crumbles. Yes. Right? Oh, getting, adding SMU is not going to do anything. San Diego, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to give you more money. No, if that's what you're adding them for, is the idea that you're going to get an extra four million dollars per year per school? You won't. Not from SMU. Not from San Diego State. You won't. You won't do any of that. So we'll see what message Kleofkoff delivers. The other thing that Thamel points out that's really interesting about all this is that the schools that have been the most public in support of the Pac-12 are the schools that don't have any options. The Oregon State president, the Washington State president. Of the, course, they the, the, they're they're the that, four guys playing the violins yeah, on the Titanic. They're the, they're the, they're the, going down that with that literally chip literally have nowhere right. else to go if this thing yeah. goes away right and the other schools have options they have choices at least most of them do they could get off the boat yeah um, the Pac-12 basketball tournament starts tomorrow okay. ASU as a 6 seed opens up against the 11, 11 seeded Oregon State and then their side of the bracket USA would be USC then Arizona then UCLA that's the gauntlet they would potentially have to run to get to well, the championship. Well, you got to ask yourself this question. I think they're out right now. I mean, the, the, as great as the win against Arizona was, they haven't played good basketball. I mean, you have to realize that. And then they lost back-to-back. They needed to win the USC game. I think that they did. Um, you're not, they're not going to run the tables here. It's just not going to happen. But he has a team that was 6-1. They were in a great spot to finish 11-9. and nine, It's just... it's it. And, and they lost eight of their final 13. They lost eight of their final 13 games. They had One really good game, you know, Uh, they beat Arizona. That was it. That was their one really good win. Um, I think they're out of it. I think, you know, and everybody's kind of showing that they're one of the, you know, they're one of the teams that are out. You have to ask yourself this question. If they beat USC on a neutral court... That's the question. ...and then lose their next game, is that enough? Right. Like, is that enough? Is, 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 Can they, two they, wins in the Pac-12 tournament get you in? They get another shot at USC. Is that enough? I, I was watching... That's, that's the question. I, I had the Hofstra game on last night. Don't ask me why. I don't know. It was just on. Number one seed that goes down. Do you know five number one seeds in their tournament have gone down? in these tor- Five. Yeah. Five number one seeds have it, gone down. Including one at the hands? Of the NAU lumberjacks no, they on a last-second shot. Are e- you kidding me? Eastern Washington over the weekend on a last-second shot to, to eliminate the number one seed in Big the Sky. Lumber jokes the Lumberjacks knocked off. The lumberjacks V-Wash? knocked off. Yes, yes, they did. Wow, yes, they did. So we'll see. Maybe they get in. But that's saying, like you know, so, so like you could have these teams that are gonna like gonna get in. Now maybe some of those number one seeds would have gotten anyway. But I think that hurts ASU too. Is that there's been so many upsets. When we come back, three games in. How does Suns forward Tory Craig feel about his newest teammate? Are Inclusive conversation with the Suns player is next on the Burns and Yabo show.